Welcome back to Still Loading, uh, the podcast where we talk about the decline of everything, but mostly video games. My name is Aiden. And I'm Matt. And uh, we got a real big one for you today. Uh, this is something near and dear to my heart, and that's uh, how much I hate open world games. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's appropriate because I think a big majority of the titles coming out this year are open world games, and so I'm going to be talking about what I hope they don't do, and I've played a few of them already, and some have been surprisingly good, some have been terrible, uh, and so we'll just kind of go into that. Uh, what, what are your feelings about open world games, though? Uh, okay, so I feel like open world as a topic is is not... It's a very broad term for a game that doesn't exist, in my opinion. Like, a complete open world game is impossible to achieve, unless you're talking about like Minecraft or something like that, because... It seems to me like a lot of these uh, AAA titles that come out, looking at you, Skyrim, it's like, I, I don't like it when a storyline is just chilling on the sidelines, because to me, that that's that's not open world, that's emptiness, you know what I mean? I, I do, and so I, I think that there's a big difference between open world and an open world RPG. I actually don't have any beef with open world games, um, it's open world RPGs that piss me off the most. Uh, can you define that? So I think open worlds, like you said, Minecraft. Minecraft okay. is an open world game. What do you do in Minecraft? You randomly generate a world, you pop in, you just do stuff. Perfect. There's no plot, there's no expectation for you to do this other thing. It's like, no, just explore the world. That is Minecraft. Easy. So, so like Ark? Ark as well? Would be that? I've never played Ark. Okay. I, just, I know it's it's been described to me as Minecraft with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds fine if you like Minecraft yeah. <laughs> and dinosaurs. Uh, I don't really like Minecraft, mind you. Like, I, I just don't have any problem with Minecraft. Yeah, no, it's it's for... And I hate to say this because it sounds like I'm trying to take it down a level, but no, for what it is, it's fantastic. And I don't mean that as like, you know, it's it's just a little something. Like, no, it, do, it does its job. It executes what it needs to do perfectly. It impresses me the things people can do in Minecraft. Dude, yeah, I saw somebody make a fully playable bass guitar in minecraft that's crazy yeah nuts <laughs> yeah i mean that that's crazy and if you like doing that that's that's awesome minecraft just isn't my thing because i don't like walking around doing nothing or just grabbing a bunch of shit that's not my game no um and so yeah if a game were like open world in that sense it is what it is it's just not for me but what pisses me off is when you have an open world rpg where it claims there's an overarching story and there isn't right you just have a game where you're walking around doing whatever and it's like well the plot's kind of there like you said just chilling on the side like is it important not particularly but then what's the point why is this story being told like i I think we've both hammered this home pretty hard in the previous podcast but we play games because we like stories Mm -hmm. tell me a story like yeah make me feel something and i feel like open world games don't capture that or quote unquote open world games they don't really don't really grab you like that because again like great example i have is from witcher 3 like we were doing the whole um, the Baron's Boshling quest or whatever, and in the middle of the conversation, like one of the dialogue options is like, uh, "How about around a Gwent?" I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me, dude?" That like, is not the time. No, yeah, complete break of immersion and stuff like that. So, I don't have very many complaints about that game, but that's definitely one of them. And I, that seems to be how it is across the genre. Like, hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Look at this thing you can do. Look at that thing you can do. And it. It all sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll actually be talking about Witcher 3 a little bit later. Um, what I wanted to talk about, just kind of like format-wise, just to kind of like keep this long, because I will rant about this topic forever. I really will. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't think you guys understand how much effort I put into narrowing down these points because <laughs> I can go on and on about it. Um, so I want to kind of just start off talking about, I've narrowed it down to three things I really hate about open world RPGs and why I don't think it's a good genre. And that's the more correct term here. I don't hate open world RPGs. I just don't think it's a good genre. It's never been done well. It's never been executed in the way that you want to. And it's honestly the reason why I think that Skyrim is the worst open world RPG I've ever played. Because, unfortunately, it defined a genre. Yep. And every game that comes out afterwards has been like, well, let's mimic Skyrim. Let's do what Skyrim did, but differently, or better, or the same, or whatever. And you, you're like, you're copying off the dumb kid in school. That, that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's the benchmark, and it's not a very high one. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're copying, you know, you're, you're taking your final and copying off the dumb kid who's like a straight D student in school. <laughs> like, you're not doing well, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Here's the first thing. They're never balanced correctly. I'd agree with that. Because what is a commonality in open-world RPGs? You start off feeling very underpowered. The game is incredibly difficult. Yep. You have to supplement that by being like, well, maybe I should go explore this cave because like, I need better gear, or I need more experience, or I need whatever. Right. However, this starts a snowball effect. Because then you start being way too strong for the game, mm-hmm. and it doesn't catch up with you afterwards. You just keep going and going and going and going and going, And you have to make a choice. Do I stop being prepared? Do I stop boosting my character, you know, the point of an RPG, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to let the game remain some kind of challenge? Or do I just keep doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, It it, it just... What is the point of that? Right. Um, And Skyrim does this as well. Like, I can play that game on Expert after a few hours and be like, well, you can't fucking touch me. So it doesn't matter what difficulty I played on. Um, alternatively it does this though as well where sometimes the world will scale with you and I see that that's fucking pointless too because you have no sense of accomplishment Mm. you bust your ass for 10 hours getting all this cool gear and the world still fucking shits on you it doesn't feel good it feels like I just wasted all that time doing fucking nothing right illusionary challenges super awesome yeah I mean even RPGs have done this like not just open world games RPGs have done this too like I've never enjoyed when RPG just like constantly scales with you you finally feel like you have like a foothold where you're like, okay, I can do this. This is moderately challenging. I can do this. Great. And then it fucking kicks you in the nuts. It's like, no, actually not. Not at all. Yeah, dude, that that sucks. Like, I, I think, again, like, secondary thing for me is like, first of all, tell me a story. Second of all, don't make it your point to make this needlessly difficult, you know? And I feel like that that's a commonality in open world games mm-hmm. to me is like, just like you're saying like needless difficulty or uh that i max out dual flurry in skyrim and now i'm a human blender mm-hmm. that sucks man like i feel like that game had a lot to offer and it missed the mark pretty much everywhere as a as a concept it was great and mm-hmm. like on paper i was really excited for it even though and, and i've never even really been a fan of our schools games um as much as like previous ones told a better story, um, you know, Morrowind, Oblivion, stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, it told a better story. But still, just the the concept of just walking around and doing stuff, it's like I need some kind of direction here. Like I need I need to care about what I'm doing, or I just feel like I'm just wasting my time. Yeah, I, I feel like again the main quest line for that was pretty lackluster. I enjoyed doing the companions quests, but it seems like all the good quest lines were way too short. Mm-hmm. Like you can grind that out and what like four hours you could do the entire companions quest line and that, that's it like that like oh you're the highest rank in this thing you're pretty much god like yeah 
every other Elder Scrolls game sucks. Speaking of story, that's kind of my next point. Is oh, cool. that uh, you've you've again? There's two sides to this. There is an open world game where the story is actually really good and really interesting. Problem is, you have like five hours of it, and then the rest of it is like the open world. Yeah. Um, and so it's like it just it leaves you wanting more. I mean, that's my issue with Breath of the Wild. I know people love that game, but this is the weakest Zelda title I've ever played. I've never played it, but I, I know the fan base of that, and I feel like that's a hot take. It's definitely a hot take. It's again, I think it's a thing where people love the idea of Breath of the Wild, but they don't love Breath of the Wild. They don't love Zelda. They love Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, Zelda has always been about the characters. It's always been about the things you do with those characters. It's always been about just the world itself. What Breath of the Wild is is a big, huge, open, empty world. Yeah, you can do all these shrines and these caves and these, you know, great. But that's it. <laughs> really? And I think generously that game maybe has three hours of story. Maybe. If I was being generous. Wow, Because there really? are the four main quests. There's the hidden objectives you can do where you get the flashbacks. And then there's the end credits. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, that is the story of Breath of the Wild. Man. Like, I think I'm being generous when I say three hours of story. I could be wrong. Like, I'm not... I didn't count it, obviously. Um, but... It's very, very short. It's not a Zelda game. It's no. not. Um, it's an open world game, and that's fine. And still, just like I was talking about, that game is really hard when you first start and really easy after you get the Master Sword. And that's... Like, that's it. That's, that's the win that's button. The, that's the win button. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I, I will give Breath of the Wild credit. It's very innovative. There are things in it that I've never seen in the game before, and that's it's awesome. I, I hope that maybe in like future Zelda titles... They, they go away from this open world show, which they probably won't. Right. But there's there's some good innovative ideas. One of them I like the most is like uh, there's this shrine puzzle you have to do where you're trying to make like electricity connect to like get to the power source to like okay. open the door. Um, and the puzzle revolves around like moving these blocks that conduct electricity and stuff like that. Okay. Alternatively, if you have a bunch of metal weapons, you can drop them on the ground and that will conduct electricity and take it to the thing. And that's really cool. Wow. Yeah, what a like, great idea. That's super innovative. Like stuff like that, awesome. And some of the puzzles, same thing. They were good like that. But they would have been just as good if you maybe made a dungeon for me instead and then put those puzzles in there and like let me do that. Um there's over a hundred shrines in the game and all you get for doing all of them is a stupid outfit. Really? <laughs> yeah, you get the outfit from like I think Zelda one or two, the like earthy brown and green one where you have like short shorts and like <laughs> Oh, no. Not even a good one? Not even a good one, no. And uh, there's also uh, Koroks, like the Kokori, basically their mm -hmm. version of the Kokori. Um, you have this whole thing where you have to find all of them. You find all of them, they give you seeds, it's how you upgrade your inventory, stuff like that. Okay. If you get all of the Korok seeds and find them all in these hidden places, you get a golden shit. Literally a golden shit. What? That is your reward. No way. It literally is. Oh my god. The game doesn't respect your time. It, it just gives you something to do. And it's like, well, you put a lot of effort into it. Uh, here you go. And they rummage around their trash bag. And you're like, here, take this. Huh. And that's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and the thing is, like, just like Skyrim, there's a huge modding community for it. And I think people, again, they like the idea of Breath of the Wild. They've modded a bunch of stuff into it. And like, look, that's cool stuff we can do. Like, look at all this interesting stuff. I don't think they like Breath of the Wild, though. I don't think they like Zelda. I guess like they like the platform. Yeah. So you think it's kind of a slap in the face to the Zelda fans in the Zelda community? 
I don't know if I can say that to the fans. It's a slap in the face to me because I know lots of Zelda fans who like Zelda, who like Breath of the Wild. Like I said a lot of people really like that game, but I don't think they like it for the reasons they think it does. <laughs> really? No, I don't think they like it because it's a Zelda game. I think they like it because it's an open world game where you can run around and collect weapons and fight shit and do weird puzzles whenever you want to. Uh, great. Like I'm not gonna tell anybody how to enjoy media, but no, I, I'm I mean, not. But just as... I, I, just, I didn't mean to make it seem like oh, you were, no. but like. Yeah, again, probably not my cup of tea. I'm, I've got a pretty high standard for Zelda, too. Like, I loved Twilight Princess. It's my favorite one. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Ocarina of Time, number two favorite. Yeah. My uh, fun fact, my sister and my mother can beat that game in a day. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, yeah it's nuts. It's a it's a cool thing to see. but. And that's like without skips or anything, right? Exactly. Yeah, they can, they tag team temple for temple. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, it's just, I guess bottom line, like I said, it's the weakest Zelda title I've ever played, and I would not, I don't count it among the greatest Zelda game ever made, like some people do. Is that a, fan, a pretty common fan opinion? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really? Matter wow. of fact, I mean, Breath of the Wild 2, it's a direct sequel, and I wonder what they're going to do in it, because just given the plot, like, I feel like I don't know how you could possibly do the same thing again. But I'm sure they'll find a way, because yeah. it was the most successful Zelda game ever made. People love that game, and I don't understand why. Would that beat out Ocarina of Time? Yeah. What? No way. Yeah. With all of its re-releases and everything? Yeah. It got oh. Game of the Year as soon as it came out, and people... That's when, like, years ago when it first came out, they're like, it's the greatest Zelda game ever made. Cool. It, it's not, but... I mean, I take all those reviews with a fat grain of salt, but... Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't even know. And I don't even think it's going to be an Ocarina of Time versus Majora Mask thing either, because those games were made the same engine. Two totally different games. Mm -hmm. Vastly different. Totally I, different feels. I don't think that Breath of the Wild 2 is going to feel any different. I honestly don't. I think they're going to add new mechanics from the trailers I've seen, but that's going to be it. Looks Great. like a lot of the same puzzle mechanics are still intact, so it's going to be a lot of that again, I assume. Great. I, uh, Ocarina of Time was a great like triumphant story for me. Majora's Mask was uh, heartbreaking. Like, specifically Kaifi's story with the Lover's Mask. Oh, Fucking gut-wrenching, man. I love... Uh, I think the reason why I love Twilight Princess the most is because you get both worlds. Yeah. Because it's somber, first of all, like, everything that's happening. But then, like, before you can control the wolf transformation, for example, and you're going around Castle Town, like, as a wolf, and you see people fucking suffering, or, like, what they're personally going through, or, like, whatever. Yeah. It's like, you get a new perspective that Link doesn't get when you talk to him face-to-face. -face. You, you learn about the characters. It's it's really fucking interesting. Yeah, it's it's very well-layered game. Like, there's... I don't know, dude. Like, I just... I, I think that's N Nintendo at their peak is when they really slap. GameCube, honestly. Yeah, man. GameCube, GameCube. is legit. Yeah. Um, I, I plan on playing Skyward Sword soon, uh, eventually, um, because I hated playing it on the Wii, and so I could never, I never did it, but it got the re-release on the Switch recently, it got rid of all those stupid bullshit motion controls, or at least you don't have to use them if you don't want to. Cool. So I'm excited to see if it's playable now, and if it's actually a good game or not. Yeah, I'll wait for the review to come in. <laughs> yeah, but, sorry, getting away from Breath of the Wild, I'm so sorry about the <laughs> tangent. That's why I said, man, I can bitch about this stuff all day, I really can. Uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> um... So, with that, it's like, the concept of finishing an open world game is so daunting as well. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I think that I'm, I'm a big proprietor of the fact that I think that anything 
needs that sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. um, take it back to difficulty, for example. When the game becomes too easy, what you start looking at is like, okay, this thing I have to do, oh, it's so mm -hmm. tedious, it's an errand, like I don't want to have to do this, like, oh, okay, I'll mash the button and win. That sense of accomplishment's gone. Yeah. You're just doing it, you're going through the motions, essentially. You're choring. You're choring, exactly, yeah. And that's what open world games feel like after a while. It's a checklist. You're just like, okay, I gotta go to this area now, do all this shit here, great. Okay, now I gotta go to this other area, great. Do all this shit here, great. It's a checklist. I mean, it's very, very rare that I see an open world game with side quests that are good. Mm -hmm. They're mostly just a lot of the same thing, just reworded differently, or it comes down to the same shit. You're just doing the same shit over and over and over again. And I think it's partly due to the budget. I think that the world is the budget. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like, I think people, I think game developers especially, put all their money into making the world look as good as they can, creating this huge, vast open world, and everything else that matters is just fucking left on the wayside. Yeah, and something I've noticed in that, those specific examples, barring a few games, those worlds, while they look pretty, they do not feel lived in at all. No, and so recent title horizon forbidden west mm -hmm. um i beat that over the week um i i know life did just to fucking have a review about it pretty much okay cool. um and the thing is it got easier too to know life it because i stopped doing side quests because i did not fucking want to do the side quests anymore okay um like i said it's all the same shit man it's like go find my person who i saw him last year or like hey they're dead go get this thing off their body or like oh no a machine is attacking please go help us it's just it's like you could fucking throw a dart at like whatever the quest is gonna be it's one of three four things maybe really <laughs> yeah it's the same shit and like none of the characters or even like the random npcs are written well like they're all very very like two-dimensional just like kind of like cardboard cutouts basically is what it feels like that's unfortunate yeah here's the thing it looks beautiful the game looks amazing it's everything else that's the problem really yeah, and I mean, they overcomplicated the skill system. So you have, instead of, I think it was like three, maybe two skill trees in the first game. I can't remember. There are six now. Mm -hmm. um, and burying through all of those trees, you get things that were... You didn't get them right away, but they were basically core mechanics in the first game. But now you have to invest time and points into getting these things that used to be core mechanics. Really? Yeah, and, and they add these, uh, like, limit breaks, I guess you could call them. There's like a... There's a bar you charge up that, like, lets you do super moves. Um, some of them are really broken. Like, I'm talking, like, almost kill a boss with them broken. Oh, shit. Um, that's how strong they are. Or at least get it down to half health. Like, they're powerful. Jesus. Um, and what I was really hoping for is they'd, like, kind of double down the RPG mechanics a little bit. Because combat was the weakest part in the first game. Everything else was pretty good. Even the quests weren't that bad. Um, they did a really good job of introducing you to the world and allowing you to kind of like learn about this post-apocalyptic slash futuristic society you're living in. Right. It was a good quest line. I, I, I don't think our, every single quest was good. Some of them were fetch quests, but a lot of them were just very like, hey, here's the world, learn more about it. And that's a great thing in any open world game. That's mm. what it, it should be. But combat was definitely the weakest part. Uh, and I was really hoping for more combat preferences, I guess. To their credit, I guess you could say they did kind of work on that because there are these combos you can learn through the skill trees that allow you to do different combos, but... It's all pretty much smash the X button, right? So It's all variants of, like, hit the R1 button, pause, hit it again, or hold it down, or... Oh, okay. And the thing is, combat in that game is so... 
buggy that I never want to do the combos because you just leave yourself too open and then like you get tackled and you fly across the area and Aloy takes like 10 seconds to fucking stand up so oh yeah I, I never wanted to even try and do them um and unfortunately there's a whole side quest around learning how to do them because there's like a fucking challenge pit thing to do where you have to do the combos I never wanted to because <laughs> it never chains really well um and speaking of side quests too there's some I did there's some that I went through and found all the collectibles or all the things or all the whatever and got fucking nothing for it, basically. Like, oh. I got, like, a lame weapon or, like, a shitty piece of armor and I was like, here you go, you did it. And I was like, great. Thanks. Uh, it's not even legendary like this other thing I found by doing this other thing. <laughs> cool. Um, appreciate that, I guess. Huh. And, and armor customization was very lacking in this game as well. Um there's like a million melee combat preference ones and then like five maybe stealth ones a bunch of like like maybe like four or five trap ones um a few like more than like probably like five or six again like a bunch of just like hunting ones like the armor variance is not good and the mods are not good <laughs> like hmm. it's just everything that was acceptable in the first game that was like okay that like i was personally hoping would be better in the sequel because i was like well you have more time you have more money you have more budget you're just gonna make a better version of the first game right i was horribly horribly wrong really not yeah a good game honestly no i if the story were not so interesting like made me want to find out what happens next i would have stopped playing it wow really yeah it's it's immediately more buggy than the first game is too like it's full of bugs like how can you be proud of releasing that when like Aloy's like sliding off of shit and like falling through stuff and like character models aren't loading properly and like I'm on PS5 mind you that shouldn't be a thing but it is it is I mean I got the holy grail of bugs that like killed the cutscene for me entirely it was this really dramatic cutscene um however the person I was talking to's body didn't load in so it was just a floating head oh no and I saw actually when I was looking at it that his body was like 15 feet behind him back where he like probably was standing when the cutscene started or whatever oh, no. so it was just his head talking to me um and then there's this thing you can do like the limit breaks like i was talking about she puts like a fucking bracelet on her arm and it hits some buttons and then like it does the thing whatever it is that you pick um every time you use that it floats next to you afterwards so i had just used it so in the cutscene it's also floating next to me as i'm moving my arm oh man um, and then aloy's hair mechanics are fucking buggy as shit so like her hair got stuck in the armor I was wearing, and it was trying to move still. So I just vibrated up and down intensely during the cutscene and would not come out of the armor. Oh, no. And I was like, yeah, this is really dramatic, but no. Yeah, no to all of this. <laughs> yeah. Holy like, shit. I cannot take this seriously. This is this is bad. Talk about an immersion break, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what it is. It, you know, just, just going back to what I was saying, like, the world is the first priority making it look as good as possible filling it with as much stuff as you can get away with everything else suffers everything else sucks even in 2022 for a game i've waited for to come out like it's been very surprising because i honestly thought legends of arcades was gonna suck i was like there's no way this is gonna be good like i have no faith in game freak i have no faith in nintendo it's gonna suck it was really good i liked it pretty much all the way through um the things I can complain about that game are preference. It's things I personally don't like, but they're not bad things. No, they're just things that you necessarily don't dig. Yeah, but... Okay. And I was expecting Horizon to be awesome. I was like, the first one was really good. And I, flip the script. Exactly. And I just... I don't get it. 
and speaking of the plot too, man, like I'm not gonna give spoilers, obviously, but not for a couple months. But like, <laughs> um, the plot, man, it started off pretty strong and made me want to keep doing it, and then I just felt empty at the end of the game because I was just like, what the fuck did I do all that shit for? It didn't matter in the end. It didn't matter at all. Huh. And there's not even more game to play to like make up for that it's just it's the end of the game guess what you wasted your fucking time have fun with that huh that's uh that sounds shitty dude yeah it honestly defeated me it was one of those things that defeated me last night when i i finished it last night and i was just like i don't fucking want to do anything anymore fuck this yeah so i just i don't know and uh you know elden ring came out yeah i uh i haven't gotten that yet I have it. I haven't started it because the reviews, first of all, put me off entirely. And then also, again, it actually strikes me as odd because open world seems like a desperate ploy for a lot of companies. You ever notice how, like, their original game comes out and it's not open world? And a few years later, like, hey, it's open world now. People like that, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like a desperate choice. So why is FromSoft doing it? I don't think they need, like, that extra push. You know know what I think it is? Hmm. It's just another one to put in their pocket. Like, oh, you yeah. know what we haven't done yet? Open world. Let's see Let's see if we can rack that. <laughs> they're they're a, uh, a very ballsy production company. So, unbeknownst to me, my first FromSoft game was not uh, any of the Soul series. What was that? It was uh, Armored Core 4. Really? And I loved the shit out of that game. And guess what? Still challenging. I refuse to call a Dark Souls game hard. They're not hard. They're challenging. They are challenging. Like, do you remember, like, I think I hit on this before, but, like, Super Nintendo games back yes. in the day? Yes. They were quarter eaters. That's what they originally designed to do, was eat quarters. Yeah. But they're challenging. They can be completed. Mm-hmm. You just have to change your thinking or... Adapt. Uh, yeah. I mean, Golden Axe, great example. Oh, Golden Axe, that's so hard. Yeah. I don't think I've ever beat Golden Axe. But you feel it. <laughs> yeah. You feel every level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, like, I don't know, I'm really excited for Elden Ring. I'm not going to get on that tangent too hard, yeah. but I, I'm really excited for Elden Ring. I just well, have to wait. The reviews for it are uh, 10 out of 10. Everyone loves it. Perfect. Perfect marks. I'm not excited for it. What? Uh the whole thing with it is I was talking about this earlier. Like the reason why people are giving it perfect marks. I've read the reviews of like why it's a quote unquote perfect game, mm-hmm. and it's all it's all shitty stuff. It's like, hey, I, I love how the plot doesn't matter. I love how the plot's there, but I can just ignore it entirely. I mm-hmm. love how I can just go explore and nothing matters. I love how it doesn't tell me where to go, meaning I don't have to do it if I don't want to. <laughs> Those are all negative things. Those aren't good. <laughs> It seems shitty that you have George R. R. Martin like writing the plot and like it's not important. Like I, I don't know. I mean, about fucking time he wrote something. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but I mean, I may not like his writing style personally. That's just a personal preference. I'm not going to go into that, but he's a well-known author, like mm-hmm. well-known lazy fucking author. <laughs> so I mean, wh- just why would you not put an emphasis on the plot? I-, I just don't understand why. And that's what Dark Souls is too. Any Souls game. The plot is the strongest point. Mm-hmm. Also the hardest to find. Yeah. It, it can be. It's more like the hidden plot stuff, you know, but yeah. the main plot, 
usually very strong. And Absolutely. then you, and then you, like, you fight a boss, and you're like, oh well, that boss was cool, or maybe interesting, or fucked up, or creepy, whatever it is. Um, and then you find like a sword leader talking about that boss. You're like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. How tragic is usually my <laughs> my comeback to answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I I just don't know how they're gonna handle this in um, Elden Ring, because here's the thing with open world games and quotation mark plot mm. and Skyrim again is the fucking worst at this oh yeah um cause here's the argument I hear constantly Skyrim has a deep deep world lore Skyrim has a plot that is heavy all the Elder Scrolls game deep deep lore if you and some people really defend the fact that it's got great lore here's the thing I believe you 100% I believe you you know what the issue is though it's kind of like a DM who's writing his campaign for the first time, like a, his fresh homebrew, his campaign, not running a module. Okay. And he spends weeks, months, maybe even years writing this campaign, and he's so excited for it. He fills it full of deep lore and interesting facts and, like, world history. And then he makes it fucking impossible to find. Right. And his players are just like, I'd like to go over here. And he's like, that's not important. Here's six caves along the way there. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, I guess we'll go do the caves then. Like, and then he gets pissed off. And he's like, he doesn't care about my world history. It's like, where the fuck is your world history? Yeah, make it a little accessible, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's like that achievement in WoW where it's like you go around to the different areas reading all the books. It's I think it's called Well Read or whatever. Yeah, it is Well Read. Who the fuck did that for fun? Like, nobody. Like, nobody was like, man, I can't wait to find a new book somewhere in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what Skyrim is. That's what a lot of open world games are. And I'm scared Elden Ring is going to be like that. Because Dark Souls, in a format, is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Looks like you find pieces of armor, you find the weapons, the rings, the whatever. Some of them are very well hidden. Um... I'm scared Elden Ring is not going to capitalize on that. Because you'll probably be fuck all across the country and be like, well, I don't know what this means. So neat. I guess it's cool. <laughs> it's just not going to have the same impact. And that's what I'm scared about most. It's like it's it's going to become another fucking tragedy of the open world market. I'm, I'm hoping that they keep the... Which again, George R. R. Martin is a very heavy-handed author. And I don't think it's going to have that, that same Miyazaki sizzle. Mm-hmm. where you're given quote-unquote facts about the universe, about the lore, but a lot of that's open to conjecture, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you build your own headcanon, and then eventually you're like, oh, shit, I have supporting evidence for this now. Yeah, exactly. Vadi well, is... Uh, I've been watching Vadi since, like, as I can't remember when I started watching Vadi. Like, I love Vadi. He's a champion. And, like, a lot of his stuff is finding little notes hidden everywhere, like, going deep, deep into the world. And he's like, you know... And I love when he even admits it, where he's just like, this is all just an opening theory. I, I don't really know, but this would support it if you look at this. Yeah. Um, It's great. And if you prescribe to that, great. You know, if you don't, fucking great. Yeah, know, cool, man. That option's there. Uh, the thing I don't like about George R. R. Martin's writing is there's a lot of pointless shit in it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm scared about Elden Ring as well. Because I'm going to find a shield that has a great story on it. But I'm just like, I don't fucking care about mm. the pig farmer who made this shield. Like, fuck off. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you, pig farmer. <laughs> like, this means nothing to me. Go yeah. away. <laughs> I want to know about the knight, you know? Who wielded it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The important details, not the... That's the thing about details, too. Like, um, brief tangent. Like, Stephen King is horrible about giving me nine pages about 
what the leather in the back of this cab smelled like, but no advancement of plot. And that's what I, again, I have this, I have similar concerns dealing with Martin's writing. Um, and I hope I'm horribly wrong. I hope that I, I just play that game and me too. it destroys me. That's what I Me hope. too. I, I hope that this is one of those games I can look back on and be like, I was wrong about it. I love being wrong about video games. I really do. I've openly said this on like the last episode. I said it on this episode, Legends of RCS was a fucking fantastic surprise. I, I'm so glad I was wrong about that game. It's so good. I'm so glad. I'm I'm glad too, man. Like <laughs> that, it's getting harder and harder to find gems. It really is. Like, man, I know that's kind of like the the point of the podcast, but it's it's a depressing thought that it keeps reoccurring and it. it <sighs> hurts me. I have to wonder, like, am I an asshole, maybe? Like, I think part of the reason why Horizon Forbidden West pisses me off so much is because I expected better in this day and age. And I wonder if maybe my standards are just too high and I'm an asshole. But the thing is, I've seen better, so I know better exists. So why didn't I get better this time? I honestly don't know. Like, that studio uh, was zeroed on their first game? Uh, no, I don't think it was. I think it was. I think they made one of the Far Cry games. I know that in Zero Dawn, the first one, the map they use is like a mixture of like uh, Far Cry maps they've already used, and they just reskinned it basically. And cool. I believe they make the Far Cry games. I don't know that for sure. I, and this could have been a rumor I heard even too. Like it's been so many years since I played that game. But I, oh, another Aerith thing, huh? And the, <laughs> <laughs> maybe like I said, uh, it's just uh, I listened to podcast much like this one about like stuff i like and don't like oh, cool so uh, i remember hearing about uh horizon zero dawn here's the thing too about uh, this is the last time i'll talk about it just because i'm gonna fucking be mean about it still mm. um a very interesting point was brought up in another video i was watching where uh horizon zero dawn the first one came out like a few weeks before breath of the wild did thought nothing of it at the time isn't it interesting that forbidden west came out a week before Elden ring did kind of makes it feel like it's a rushed project to get out before something's probably going to crush it in sales. Yeah. Um, I have seen the sales, and Elden Ring is doing very well. It was the most anticipated game since, like, two years ago, so... Oh, yeah. God, I want to play this so bad. I, I, I hope less for me and more for you that it is not what I think it is, and that it is... Despite all these shitty reviews of like what people like for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, it's good. <laughs> I also hope it's good. <laughs> I I need I need some good. I mean, isn't that all you can hope for? Really, it's just yeah. like it's actually good. Um, well, I hope this doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where our, our where I think this is the point of the podcast. Honestly, yeah, is this is where we're at with gaming these days? Is like. You know, there's there's only a few companies left that I trust that I'm like, I'm sure this will be good still. And so far, I've been disappointed. So far, I've been like, yeah, this is still good. I still like this. Good job. Thank you. I'm going to look back on this and be like, yeah, this would have come out in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, so, speak, so another thing I want to talk about, too, just like kind of, this is not like a thing where like, it's not one of the big three. It is like kind of like a honorary mention fourth. Okay. is uh, with open world games, I think that's what's really important is being on the same page with itself. I think in okay. any video game, harmony is important. Okay. Um, and I have a few examples of this, because like, at the end of this, I'm going to try and bring some positivity to the podcast and talk about things I have actually enjoyed. Okay. Um, but it needs to be in harmony with itself. 
and it's never ever on the same page with itself. So we were talking about Minecraft earlier. Yeah. That game knows what it is from start to finish. Absolutely. There's no confusion about what it is. Legends of Arceus, Legends of Arceus mm-hmm. does the same thing. Right at the very front, it's like, this game is about catching Pokemon. Go catch Pokemon. Cool. Cool. Great. No confusion. There's a plot. Plot's actually pretty good. Not not the best, but plot's pretty good. But that's not what the game is about. It's not about the plot. It's about catching Pokemon. And they're very upfront about that. Yeah. that's the, the tutorial you do is not about the story. The tutorial you do is about catching Pokemon. Dope. It's like, go catch Pokemon. Also, when you catch a Pokemon, this is what you have to do with them to fill out the pages. That's the, that's the only tutorial you really deal with. Great. It's very upfront about that. You look at a game like Skyrim, for example, though, not at all. Because mm-hmm. you describe like the first 30 minutes of Skyrim, like I wouldn't know what to do. Because it'd be like, so a dragon attacks, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Then you're told to go to this village, but there's four bandit caves along the way. Everything uh, fucking wants to kill you. There's also a shrine of some kind. Like You're missing a major point of confusion. They that? throw a choice at you right at the very oh, beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, choose. Knowing nothing about either one of these factions, choose. Yeah. Which one looks cooler? Because that's about all you can do. Yeah. I mean, I rolled with the Stormcloaks, and I was like, oh, wait. You guys are horrible racist bastards. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to stay with him for this character just because, you know, I'm committed. But never again. Yeah, I mean, polish is all that game could have taken. You could have cut the world in half. I know, sacrilege. Cut the world in half, though. Mm-hmm. Worked a little bit harder on the quests. And suddenly, so much more could have happened. So much more could have happened. You could have went to Whiterun, for example, the first city you're supposed to go to, or village or whatever. Mm-hmm. And since your whole thing is good, like, I can't remember what the fucking city is called, where, like, the Jarl is. I can't remember what That's Whiterun. That's why it run. Okay, so yeah. what's the place along the way then? Riverwood. Riverwood. Okay, sorry. Not. Nah, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> White run and Riverwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um. So Riverwood. Yeah. Um. You're supposed to go to Riverwood first. You could have had this whole thing where like there was a quest line involved with that. Yeah. Like maybe the person who's supposed to tell you about White Run is like, hey, I'd love to help you, but there's bandits causing issues. Aha. Uh-huh. They're right over here. Would you go kill them, please? Hey, w- now it fucking matters. Hey, I would. <laughs> I would like to do that for you. Yeah, and it, it could have just been the same. We could have included the open world more in the plot, and it would have meant so much more. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. It, it just doesn't. It remains not. And also, the plot of Skyrim sucks. Like, yeah, it's I so agree. boring. I, I've never been able to get through it. I just can't. Uh I will say, like, there's some pretty good payoff at the very end. Oh, good. But it's... Damn it, man. <laughs> it's... it, It's... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably very rewarding to, like, one-shot the last boss, probably, because, like, your stats are so fucking incredibly high. Oh, dude, I had already fought the Ebon Knight before I even, like... I do the main quest to get the shouts, and then that's where I stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I leveled, and then I came back to it. Like, the main quest is the last thing I did in that game. So, yeah, I was like, oh, you gotta go fight these mysterious things in these ruins, and I'm just tap, 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 tap. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Horrible. I didn't know that this was technically my fault, but, like, you get to a certain level in that game, like, dragons will start appearing. Like, they just will because of your level. 20, yep. Um, I had no idea that was the case because my experience playing Skyrim was, like, I think I was, like, level 50 or something like that. And I had made, like, my perfect stealth character because I love stealth in games. That's my thing is I love stealth. Um, 
I've killed like a billion dragons at this point and I was like maybe I should go do the plot maybe I should just try it out you know like I wasn't mm-hmm. fucking interested originally but like this this is like my thousandth cave I'm really bored of this right um and it's like a dragon oh my god and I was like yeah it's a fucking dragon like what I've been fucking these guys for months like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah and so it's just I mean it's really easy to overpower in that game like I, I don't think level 50 is even an accomplishment because like I don't know what a high level is considered but like i just remember that i had i think i got to the top of the stealth tree i didn't get all the skills but i got to the top of the stealth tree and then i took uh melee weapon skills for like mm-hmm. long swords or swords in general or whatever um bladed weapons yeah yeah like that was my build was i i was just stealth assassination swords that was my build <laughs> um and I didn't think that was very high, and I know it didn't take me a long time. Like I think I, I played it for like a weekend, maybe. Yeah, no, it's it, it takes no time at all to get stupid level in that game. Um, my first build was uh, two handed sword because that's mm-hmm. my bread and butter. Uh, the second build I did um, not stealth archery, but pure archery. Oh, okay. And that was fun. Like like second edition ranger as opposed to like like Legolas dude yeah, yeah, like, yeah. let's be real I mm-hmm. mean I rolled elf and everything like I, I rolled a dark elf yeah yeah. I mean Bosmir I think wood elves are cool as fuck but I mean I was coming off of like a, I like dark elves in Forgotten Realms so nice and I was like these guys are ugly and they're weird I don't like them yeah. but I was they're like well I've already racist. came so yeah <laughs> horribly racist especially in Morrowind but I digest yeah, uh, <laughs> so hopefully with all these points, you guys understand, like, why Skyrim's the worst fucking game in the world. Um, yeah. Everything I've talked about, Skyrim has in tenfold. Like, it is Skyrim. It's like I was saying earlier, man, like, it defined a genre for all the wrong fucking reasons. And yeah. every horrible imitation since then has just been one shitty game after another. And I've thought of ways to improve open world games. Like I said, the Skyrim thing, make the open world more involved in the fucking story. Yeah. that easy um the combat in horizon forbidden west you could have given me like weapon choices you know you could have instead of making like nine fucking different bows at the start of the game because they all different elements attached to them ugh, i'm not gonna talk about it <laughs> uh it could have been a thing where like maybe uh there's a mod you can get for your spear so it's like a two-handed spear so if one-handed spear and you have a heavier attack style maybe you like the one-handed spear so you could use a shield now Okay. Maybe that's your Aloy. Maybe you're like me and you love stealth. Maybe you can have like a dagger in your offhand or something like that. And like you have a more stealth-based, fast, agile combat style. Stuff like that. Like you could have improved so many other things instead of just giving me like these really stupid skill trees. I I think I know why the choice was made there. And it's the reason why I didn't play very much of the first one. Um, I'm, reco- I'm in recovery. <laughs> but I am totally a sword snob. Mm-hmm. Like to the ends of the earth. And that game shits on us specifically. It's like, oh, you want a bladed weapon? Go fuck yourself. You get a stick with a pokey thing. And I'm like, dude, I can look at these machines and be like, yeah, I would take that piece off. I would attach a handle from here. And look, I got myself a cool sword. But no, fuck you. You don't get any of that. I mean, even the NPCs use spears and they have swords at their fucking hip. Like, yeah. It makes it, no sense to me why they never draw their sword. But like, it's clearly a possible. Like, I, I don't know. I mean,. I, it's all conjecture it's all it's all preference like yeah but it's it's just it's ways you could have improved the game instead of just making it this fucking clusterfuck of like skill trees um there's so much more you could have done with it and i just again not much was done with it it's just uh is there anything you want to add before i try and be positive (laughs) 
Um, no, because my next points are are pretty positive. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's take turns then. Um, not in the same way. Like, I'm just going to talk about games I have enjoyed in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, you don't have to bring up examples of that, you can just kind of talk about, like, you know, obviously whatever you want to talk about. Sure. But, yeah, positivity from this minute onwards. Okay. Um, so I think we both played Witcher 3. Oh, God, yes. I did like Witcher 3. Yes. There are things about it I don't like. Um, your point you made earlier, that's one of the things I don't like about it. Yeah. Um, I think that that could have been fixed in many different ways. One of them being remove the fucking dialogue option. Yeah. Another thing, too, is that while the joy of an open world game is quote-unquote you can fuck off and ignore the plot, I think the plot is so heavy in that game and so, like, dire, there should have been consequences. You could have fixed that by very easily being like, yeah, you can fuck off and go play Gwent or, like, talk to this person, but, like, maybe the enemy, whatever it is at the time, because you piss off everyone in that game, like, oh, yeah. maybe whatever enemy you're dealing with at the moment, uh, random foot soldiers attack you on the road. Like, they just spawn in and they try and fight you. And the more you ignore the plot, the more this happens. And so you have to kind of go deal with it. That could have been a way to make the plot mean more. Um, mm-hmm. Very easy. <laughs> yeah, um... I would agree with that. I, w- I would say there's um, uh, specifically in the first area of that game, if you if you stray off of the area you're not supposed to go towards, like if you try to go to the swamps too early, or you try to take uh, the mountain pass too early, there's like level twenty five royal griffins that will come out of the sky and fucking end your life. That's true. Because you're not ready for that yet, and I think that was a very awesome thing to add. Yes, I agree. Um limitations in open world games as sacrilegious as it sounds i think they're there for a reason yeah and it can be done in different ways so one thing i don't like is when there's just a flat out a barrier there for no reason makes no fucking sense why i can't go here just let me fucking go here like it doesn't make any sense um but if it's there for a reason you know like big ass monsters i'll fucking tear you to pieces you know i think it's that game too like it will be very hard and time consuming but you could defeat those monsters it would just take a really long time Mm -hmm. and being very good at the dodge button oh yeah don't get hit ever yeah, or you're just one shot. Um, but that option was there. And the fact that the option's there, that was good. Um, speaking of that, kind of my next point is uh, I don't like there's a gear score system in that game. Yeah. Um, I'm a person who has a very specific build in mind when I play games like that. And um, I had no idea there's a gear score system in that game until very late game. Okay. Um, and I was like, why is everything, like, I am fucking 15 levels higher than this thing. Why is it still red to me? It's because I was wearing, like, level 4 gloves and, like, level 5 breastplate and stuff like that because it had the stats I specifically wanted on it. And I didn't realize that there was a difference until I found the exact same gloves but at level 20. And I was like, oh, shit, all these quests just turned fucking, like, way lower for some reason. Mm -hmm. I started testing it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, uh, pretty much, like, from the giddy-up, as soon as you start that game and have the ability to go start finding and making Witcher gear you need to like because that's in in my play experience where i got the variable builds like because there's um i think i run with griffin school stuff which is all medium armor Mm -hmm. and all about uh the quick attacks and stuff which is super dope and then there's like the bear school which is like heavy ass armor that's what i settled on was the bear school stuff because it it kind of built into what i wanted to do because i had crit on it and uh the dismember chance and i was like well i kind of like the idea of just like massively critty and killing something anyway so like i guess a dismember chance is kind of the same thing yeah um so sure we'll go with that so i ended up wearing that and then like just supplementing crit wherever i could pretty much yeah um, but that was my 
that's like I said initially that was my build was like like high spit high high crit, um, and then I think increased to like certain kinds of damage was what I was going with like with my runes I chose, um, and crit armor is not very common at the start of the game and so like that's no. why I was wearing it so for so long I was like oh this doesn't have crit on it I don't want it <laughs> like yeah well I know I was fucking myself but <laughs> <laughs> you know and I. I understand that it's there and that's fine, but it kind of hinders people like me who like want to play a specific way. Like, let us do what we want to do. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, I see your point and its validity. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate mean, that. Thank you. I mean, I see your wrong ass opinion. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't think you're wrong. Um, yeah, it does kind of suck, but like, um, I think there are less gamers like you and more gamers like me. That's that makes sense. I yeah. hate two of the most beloved games of all time. So, which would be Skyrim and Breath of the Wild. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. We talked about those today. Yeah. <laughs> two of the most beloved games of all time. I fucking hate them. I don't. I don't hate Skyrim. Um, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't own it anymore. I mean, if that <laughs> says anything, I don't own it. I I bought it a while ago to like try the vampire DLC and was like royally disappointed and I was like never mind this sucks still yeah. <laughs> just can't redeem it um, another thing with Witcher is it's a very minor point for me but control of your actions I did not like that um, There, so very beginning of the game for example there are those thugs that like want to fucking fight you because you're a witcher they're like yeah you're a freak like you know yeah okay standard um, witcher affair yeah and I was like okay like I'm gonna play like a more like lawful evil style so I'm like I'm not gonna kill these guys they're not worth my time so I put my sword away and I punched them to death and like knocked them out mm -hmm. then the cutscene pops up I'm cutting their fucking head off and I was like that is not what I did yeah um more choices like that would have been nice it would have been better if like the game took into account like oh you didn't use your sword different cutscene um that was not accounted for though yeah I was gonna say like uh I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, the way the game drives you, the expectation is that you blow this fucker in half with a sword, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... I wouldn't have thought to do that. Like... I, maybe I don't get into my character's heads like you do. Character motivation's a really big one for me. Um, cool. I understand that by nature, Witcher's just supposed to be neutral and supposed to be all about that coin and, like, that's why they do stuff, but... I mean, throughout the books and, like, the other games, like, Geralt's not normal, like, other witchers. He, no. He's he's not for the money, but he's also a good person. Um, and so, like, I kind of did that when it felt appropriate, when I was like, all right, they have no money, but, like, this is actually really important, like, I'm going to help them, um, instead of saying no, essentially. <laughs> oh, uh, I uh, always helped people for no coin. Oh, uh, really? Always. Um, at first. At first, and well, like the game. if they didn't have anything to offer me, and like like they pulling at my heartstrings, yeah, I do that obviously because you know good person. But <laughs> when it came to some bastard trying to get me to do a quest, oh, I strong arm the fuck out of him. I'm oh like, yeah, max that shit out. Like yeah, absolutely. I, I've actually have a few in my quest log that are completely failed because I pushed it to the limit. <laughs> yeah, too many times, and they're like basically go fuck yourself. I don't care about you anymore. Like, That's, yeah. But I want to kill the thing. Uh, this last point I have is... It's about kind of like harmony I was talking about. And okay. I've, I've talked to you about this before. Before our viewers, they need to know okay, my cool. fucking issue with late limits. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is an example of the game not having harmony with itself and getting in the way of itself. Because 
would you agree that like a base thing about the witcher is that like you want to explore it pushes you to explore ruins it kind of pushes you to explore like marks on the map and be like you know what's this i don't know let's find out yeah totally that's the thing that encourages you to do however you have no fucking weight limit on that game even with the highest level saddle you still can't carry that much shit Mm. and it turns into this thing where your repetitive thing is like okay i found this cave well i need fucking money because money is so hard to come by in this game to even buy the shit i care about um okay so i gotta pick up all the stuff well great now i can't carry it anymore all right i gotta find my way out of this fucking cave go find a stop sign to fucking travel to find someone in the city who has the money to fucking give me so i can sell them this shit go find that cave again (laughs) And that is the motion over and over again. It does not encourage me to want to explore. It makes me not want to do it because it's so fucking time-consuming and tedious. Okay. It, that's that's what I mean by games getting in the way of itself, where like it just is not in, in sync with itself. It does not know what the fuck it's doing with itself. I, I, totally, I, I totally see you on that. Um, I'm really, really bad about picking shit up. <laughs> so I didn't have the same experience. Um, and if I if I do run into encounters like that, I uh, just throw shit away. Yeah, you just drop the thing that sells for the lease on the yeah. ground. I'm like, I've done that too, but it's just money's hard to come by. Like oh, yeah. vendors don't have that much of it. You pick up like two or three coins. You get most of your money from contracts, which yep. you know encourages you to do side quests. And maybe I don't want to fucking do the side quest. Well, I need money for this fucking sword upgrade, so now I've got to fucking do it. Did you do the fist fighting gang? Yes. Yeah, that shit was awesome. Fuck the tailor, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That dude fucked me up so bad. I think it was okay, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I liked that quest line. It's just that dude beat my ass. I literally bet all my money on all my other fights before that. Mm-hmm. I went to go fight that dude, and I was like, oh yeah, maximum bet, like 2,000 coins. Dude, whip my ass. <laughs> oh I no. I was like, oh god. I hope you hard save beforehand. <laughs> yeah, always. I don't really do that as much as I used to. Like I don't like it, but no, like I played, um, still play this game called Arcanum. It's a fantastic point and click game. Um, but I used to like hard save before any big decision. And this on this last playthrough that I started a couple months ago, um, I only save at the end of my sessions now. Like whatever situation plays out. What about a crash? <laughs> Ah, uh, that game is really, really low demand. <laughs> but what if it crashes for no reason? That's like my paranoid feelings. Like, because I've been in that situation, is why I'm paranoid about mm. it. Like, I just played this for three hours and my game crashed, and I haven't saved in a while. <sighs> yeah, I mean, present threat, but my, more so, my point is like, I live with whatever decision happens. Yeah. Like, that. That's that's how this character's life is. You should play the next game I'm going to talk about, which is Dragon's Dogma. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, when I was putting this list together, it was a small list, first of all, because I don't like many open world games. But uh, Dragon's Dogma is one of my favorite games of all time. And also, when I was thinking about things I don't like about it, I really couldn't come up with things I didn't like about it. Um, it's pretty much perfectly paced in terms of combat all the way through. It's very hard to start the game, like very hard. But once you start getting more armor and weapons, um, it's perfectly paced. Like, it's not overly easy or overly hard. Like, it kind of just, it feels on par. It feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels in the sweet spot, I guess I would say. Um, that world is alive constantly. Uh, my favorite story, and I think I've told you a story, one of my mm-hmm. favorite things about that game, I love telling people about this, is a, there was an escort quest I was doing, and a fucking griffin swooped out of nowhere, grabbed my client, and fucking killed her. And I was like, okay? 
And that was not scripted. Like, it, it's not supposed to happen. It just can happen because the world is alive. That's fucking cool. And the story for that game, phenomenal. Um, it it even does, like, a, a good version of barriers where, like, it's there for a reason. Like, when you first start the game, you can explore that entire first area as much as you want to. Um, you just can't proceed because there's a wall there you cannot go into unless you plan to advance the main plot. Because by the story, like, you basically escort these knights to the kingdom over where like it gets really big after that. like the world becomes very big um okay but there are some areas you can't go into in general because they're story locked or because you have to do a certain side quest to get access to that area um so it, it encourages you to want to do the side quests because you know it's there right um i would say it, this is nitpicky and i had to find this reason to complain about because of how much i like this game um there is romance options in the game mm -hmm. and they're very important to the plot like they're not just like for validity it's because like they actually matter really um it's not so clear on that um you can get really when when the culmination of this happens you can get really random people there and i'm like i don't care about that person at all like why are they here um mm -hmm. or it's like sometimes just like something you say to someone means more than you think it does and all of a sudden like they're there and you're like i don't care about you either or like mm -hmm. why are you here specifically um i had to look up a guide on like romance basically like how do i get the person there i actually care about um but this is very integral to the plot it's actually very important and really it's, it's very oh yeah the story's so good man it's so good and it comes out of fucking nowhere like it seems like a very straightforward kind of like this is my goal cool and then that's not your goal. And it's very, very, like, oh, it's so good. Like, I, I can't enough. It's so good. I need to play this. Absolutely, you should. I need maybe, something to fill my time until I get Elden Ring. Maybe we'll hang out one of these days and uh, you can play it. I don't have a physical copy, sadly, but you can play it on my PlayStation if you want. Cool, cool. Be cool. Um, quick couple things. I realize the time's getting up there now. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is going to be a long episode. I'm sorry. Uh, quick couple things is uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That was an unexpected gem for me because I have not liked Assassin's Creed for quite some time. Um, Black Flag for me, but yeah. Since Black Flag, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't like it after Black Flag because it abandoned the plot, basically. It got in its own way and it was like, well, people just like Assassin's Creed, so like, let's just do the Assassin's Creed thing. Um, but what's cool about Odyssey is it's about ancient Greece. Uh huh. And the whole point of ancient Greece, or the, not ancient Greece, but this plot, is that there are these cult members, essentially, this huge underground cult. That's trying to control ancient Greece. So exploring ancient Greece, you find these random side quests. And they don't mean much at first. But you actually go down the quest line. It turns out there's a cult member pulling the strings. The threat I was told about the star of the game actually fucking exists. Wow. Like, it made me feel like I was... It mattered. Like, it made me feel like the like I wanted to explore the world. Because I was like, fuck, I'm hunting down these cult members. Like, I like hunting down cult members. Like, fucking, where is this bastard hiding? Right. And it led doing these, sometimes they're mundane, sometimes they're kind of weird. Mostly there has to do with, like, there's a, a good amount of them has to do with, like, uh, Greek mythology, basically. Oh, dope. Where it's, like, someone's like, oh, we have to appease Zeus, like, help me appease Zeus, and, like, that's kind of the quest, you know? Um, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. It's, it's very cool. And, like, the world felt like it actually mattered. The plot was on the wayside. Even though I was across the fucking world doing something else, it still fucking mattered. It was still right there. This worldwide threat was actually a worldwide threat. <laughs> yeah, not just not just blowing smoke up your ass to get you to do a fucking minor quest. Yeah, exactly. And I really liked that. That it was a hidden gem for me because I was just like, I can't believe I like this game so much. And the combat's not very fun. Like it's it's okay, but it's not the funnest. 
Um, I went down this. I basically made a pure assassin because your mm. choices is assassin, melee, or archery. And I was like, well, melee combat in this game fucking sucks. Um, archery sucks. I'm just gonna one shot people as much as I can. So nice. You know, I, I went pure stealth build, and that was fun. Uh, but yeah, hidden gem. Really, really liked it. Mm. And I'll talk about Assassin's Creed 2 like for a moment. Uh, it is a formula nowadays. Yep, Ghost of Tsushima did it very well. It's the best Assassin's Creed so far. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, it and is. it's uh, another open world game. It is. I like Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I don't have any problems with it necessarily. I think that all it really is for me is that it's another Assassin's Creed clone for me. Mm-hmm. I cannot put much love into it because it's another Assassin's Creed clone. Like, I've played this formula before. I, I understand. But how about that story, though, man? The story's pretty good. Um, yeah. I wish there was more of it, and I also wish that your actions made a little bit more impact on the story. Kind of similar to Witcher 3. Um, there's those options you have throughout the story yep. to be like, I want to do it this way. They don't seem to fucking matter in the end. The no. story is still kind of told the same way, so... To me, it played out like your traditional Kurosawa samurai film. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. Like, it touched all those tender Japanese places in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. was like, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I wanted to see. And... I mean, whether it's Assassin's Creed or not, I don't give a shit. Like, I thought that game was wonderful. Well, I was going to say, I think the Assassin's Creed formula is fine. I think it does exactly what it sets out to do. It is a bunch of stuff to do, and the story is prevalent, but not super prevalent. It's there, but it's not always there. It's important, but, like, you, there's still, you can still fuck off. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, what I thought... It's 50-50, really. What, what I thought they really handled with that, like... Because when I, when I opened up my time in that game to go do like the extra stuff like to find like uh the haikus and stuff oh yeah um i was running around the map anyway mm-hmm. to go find mongol camps mm-hmm. i was like well this makes sense this is totally what he would be doing right now and it didn't break my immersion at all i was like yeah this is totally what i would be doing that is an example of harmony that's what i'm talking about it, when you're doing something anyways and you have the organic feeling of being able to stumble onto something Without it being a checklist, being like, I have to fucking go over here to explore this. Yeah, no. That's organic. That's that's harmony. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Like, yeah. it needs harmony. And Ghost of Tsushima has that. I don't feel like many Assassin's Creeds do. Mm-mm. And that's why that's why I mean, like, I, I mean it with uh, kindness. It is the best Assassin's Creed so far. Yeah, totally. It really is. Um, in similar vein to those, like the Spider-Man games. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Story is very very short, but the story is good. There's just a lot of shit to do on the map, and it's kind of it's the Assassin's Creed formula, but worse, honestly. Oh damn. Um, you don't. I mean, it doesn't. It it is definitely designed to be a time sink, and I can tell because uh, in a, in a cash grab in some ways, I can tell because uh, you get these tokens basically from doing side objectives, and that's how you unlock your different suits and your different powers and upgrades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the original release of the first game you do not have enough tokens to unlock every single thing to get the trophy for it. However, when the DLC rolls around, you do. Oh. So it was a sneaky sneak to be like, well, you'll have to buy the DLC if you want to plot them the game, now won't you? Oh, yeah. And people found a way around it, and they immediately patched it. So. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes total fucking sense. So, you know, Insomniac games, I see you. But still, I like the Spider-Man games. They're pretty good. Uh, another open world title that was like really here and gone like i feel like all these titles we're talking about like people remember you mm-hmm. know like or they they were big hitters um did you play dbz kakarot 
That game sucks. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely awful. Do and you, open world. Do you know what I was hoping for with it? Was uh, did you ever play the GBA games like Legacy of Goku, Goku and Legacy of Goku Two? Yeah, yes, and Legacy I did. of Goku Three. <laughs> there was a three. Yeah, there was Boo. What? Yeah. I only played the first two. I wasn't even aware of a third one's existence. There's a third one, yeah. So I was hoping it was going to be like that, because those games were semi... I mean, it's GBA. You can't do a lot of open world, but it's pretty open world yeah. for GBA. I was hoping it was going to be a grander scale of that, where like you could do these little weird manga-esque like, side missions that didn't maybe happen, but they're still kind of cool to see. And Like making Hercule a sandwich, an open-faced sandwich specifically. Yes. Little, little weird shit like that yeah. that you just love about Dragon Ball Z. I was really hoping it was going to be that, but it was not. It was just fucking Fetch Quest Central and the thing, I was actually tweeting about this when I was playing the game oh. to like my 10 followers at the time, where I was just like, why the fuck is this game open world if like there's a barrier constantly to allow me to do shit? Yeah. I want to go south. It's making me go north. What is happening here? Yeah. I was uh, so disappointed with that game, dude. Like, Same. I bought it and I played it for like two weeks and then shipped it back to GameStop. I was like, no way, man. I'm never going to play this again. Yeah, the combat's not very good either. It's all square. I didn't understand what the deal with that was. Because like, even in, like, if they would have, what would have saved it for me is if they would have taken any hints from uh, the Budokai Tenkaichi series and put it in their combat section, I could have forgiven everything else. I'm mean, like, oh, this is kind of shitty, but, you know, I'll play it. But no, like, the combat was so robotic. What I was hoping... I don't know if you meant Budokai Tenkaichi, like, the single title or, like, Budokai... Oh, that series. That, that, series. that block okay, of three yeah, yeah. games. What I was hoping for, it was going to be Tenkaichi Combat with Budokai RPG elements. Yeah. Do you play, like, the, do you play, like, the Budokai, like, mm -hmm. just, just Dragon Ball Z Budokai? Yeah, the whole thing where you can, like, equip your skills and, like, how you want your character specifically to act. Your loadouts, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you could play, like, Frieza, but secretly have Metal Frieza, and, like, no one, you didn't know that, and then, like, they'd be like, oh, I beat you. I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> what, dude, what I loved about uh, Tenkaichi 3 so much um, was you got the entire Dragon Ball Z story arc in that when you played through the story mode. Mm -hmm. You got snippets. And then there was, like, that weird section at the end where you could be like, well, what if, basically? Do you remember? Yes, yes, the what ifs, yeah. Yeah, the, like... The what ifs. Yeah, what if Raditz had a Super Saiyan transformation? What if? And then you got to play through that. What if Hercule actually beat the beat Cell somehow? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, you get a glimpse of that. That's what I was hoping for. I was hoping that was going to be that perfect culmination. And it just wasn't. Like, it just disappointed me at every turn. Yeah, it was a really good idea that was not executed well. No, that sucks. It does. I haven't played a good Dragon Ball game in... Since, like, PS2 era, basically. Yep. I, I thought, for original Xbox, I thought Sagas was weird, mm -hmm. but okay. Like... That's, that's the same era as PS2. Yeah. I, I had a PS2. No, not Xbox, you filthy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> man, I had both. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh... There was a, a a rare, it wasn't a good game, but it had a good concept, and that, it was called Ultimate Tenkaichi on PS3. Yeah, I played it. Yeah, that rock paper scissors combat was bullshit, mm -hmm. but uh, I really love the idea of a making your own character, b uh, customizing that character's aura, their key blast, their attacks, their everything like that feeds into like any little boy who grew up and was like, I really want my own Dragon Ball Z character. Like that's right. You know, it really fed into that and like. It was a good idea, it's just the combat was bad, and I don't know why they did it like that, but 
I'd love to see a sequel without that rock, paper, scissors shit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I remember, uh, I think, yeah, it was Ultimate Senkaichi, because I had it for 360. Um, I remember the battle with fucking Nappa when he would, like, fly overhead mm-hmm. and just, like, devastate the ground with his mouth blast or whatever. I was like, I don't remember seeing this, but holy shit, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was dope. That level of customization was really good, and mm-hmm. I just, I wish that there was more of that. That was a good idea that just was executed poorly, again, mm. you know? And I think it's worth saying, like, that game did suck, but it had good ideas, and it yeah. should be thought of fondly for that, and, like, you know, use it as a good example to do the thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? I, I think in recent memory, before the Xenoverse games, because I played those a tiny bit, but in recent memory, Raging Blast 2 was the sole successor to Tenkaichi 3, in my I opinion. forgot about Xenoverse. I did like Xenoverse. But I just didn't like how repetitive it was. Yeah, that was the exact thing for me too. Like I, I, I forgot about Xenoverse. I don't know why I forgot about Xenoverse because I did like that game, but I guess it kind of like went away out of my mind for some reason. But oh, I mean, that's, I thought they were good games. Uh, I thought they were too. Yeah. But did you play Raging Blast too? I never played Raging Blast because I think that was only on Xbox, and I didn't play Xbox. I had Raging Blast one for PS3. Because oh, maybe it wasn't, but yeah, and then Raging Blast Two for PS3 as well. But Raging Blast One sucked because it was back to side scroller combat, mm. which I wasn't super into. And I was like, man, it's kind of blows. Even though you could change levels and like fight in the air and stuff, um, I was like, this isn't really for me. And then Raging Blast Two, they just they took the Tenkaichi formula and they're like plugged it in. Like here you go, this is it. I played Raging Blast Two, and I felt like it was kind of like a sloppier version of Tenkaichi's combat. I, uh, you say sloppy, I say loose. It was very <laughs> loose. Yeah. I liked it. Well, I just remember there were some things that were really stiff, and... Yeah, like aiming any of your ultimates. And people were invincible as long as they held the guard button, which I didn't like. Because, like, you could try and, like, style on someone, like, finish them off with, like, a super attack, and, like, as long as they were guarding, like, they had one hit point left, pretty much. Like, I really didn't like that. You had specific attacks to break guards. No, I know, but it's like, uh... If you comboed on them and then, like, did your ultimate, like, you initiate their ultimate before they're guarding, mm. um, as long as they were holding the guard button, they'd have one hit point left. And I experienced that constantly playing against my friends, where I was like, why are you fucking alive still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we never got, I, I never, I've never found anybody who's on my level with that <laughs> game, so. Oh, it was fun. There was, like, this dude there who was, like, trying to hit on the same girl I was, but, like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a badass, but, like, mm. way, way above that guy. That dude was a fucking loser. But <laughs> I was like, well, I was really good at Tenkaichi 3. I've never played Raging Blast. I guess I'll give it a try. And, like, he kicked my ass the first couple of rounds. I was like, I think I know how to play this game now. And then he, like, was getting visibly angry I was winning. Oh, really? Yeah. What a jackass. To the point where he's like, haha, I think I'm done playing. Who else wants to play me? <laughs> and so, like, we, me and my friend punked him because I was like, here you go. Like, why don't you try, man? And he's like, okay, cool. And then, like, he was looking at the screen. So, like, I grabbed the controller and fucking, like, oh, nice. started kicking his ass again. Like, he got super mad and, like, looked at, like, my friend. <laughs> and he saw me with the controller. He's like, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you must stop. <laughs> yeah, just chill the fuck out. It's just a goddamn yeah. video game. Those nerd parties, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, like... When the Mountain Dew is flowing, <laughs> some emotions come out. Let me just say. Like, I guess so, man. I mean, this happened when I was like 23. So. Was there Mountain Dew flowing? Yeah, there was. Yeah, I, guess, I guess so, yeah. I stand by my point. I guess that's fair. Uh, the last open world game I want to talk about uh, is Final Fantasy XV. Okay. I I think this... So I love the Seven universe and the Seven story. Mm-hmm. 
I like Ten the Universe, the Ten story. Mm-hmm. I think Final Fantasy XV is probably my favorite Final Fantasy game. Really? Because I love the universe, I love the aesthetic, I love the characters, I really love the story. Um, it just it resonated with me in a way that I can't explain, but I really, really liked it. Um, and the combat in the game was fun, and it was beautiful. Um, the issue is that it was like 90% open world, um, and it has kind of a lot of the stuff I was talking about earlier. The pacing is bad, um, especially because what happens is like your main objective like plot quest mm-hmm. happens very early on when this happens, where it says, like, oh, if you continue on with the quest, like you can't come back here for a while. And so your choice is, like, do I do all this stuff now what's relevant, or come back and do it when it's not relevant, essentially? Right. I did it when it was relevant, and I got some good items, got some good weapons, um, but I was super over-leveled for the story, even on the hardest difficulty. Really? Um, it made the rest of the game, like, super easy. Uh, and so that had that issue, and then the story was very short. It could have been a lot better, and I, I know the developers wanted more in it because they released DLC side stories, which was supposed to be in the game originally. Um, they mm. released some stuff later on with DLC again that was like supposed to be in the story originally. So like I know even the developers wanted to put more into it, and I've seen videos now about like stuff that was like cut from the game and like not like they had to unfortunately cut. And I was like, I would have loved to see that. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just it, it fell victim to the open world format where like it could have been so much better if they just had allowed it to be better. And it just for some reason they chose open world instead. And you know the quests were okay. Uh, there were some good good moments where since you play like your main character is like royalty, he's a prince, mm-hmm. um, and there was some and there's a war going on and like there was a lot of moments where it was kind of like that. At least in my eyes, it was like kind of seeing what your people was going through and like gaining resolve to like stand up for them essentially like this thing that's really heavy on your mind that you don't want to do because Noctis doesn't want to be a prince he doesn't want to have the responsibility he has that's his whole thing like he just wants to sleep pretty much oh nice um but slowly over the game he gains more resolve to kind of like stand up for what he has to do essentially seize his destiny if you will wow and so those side quests where you got to kind of like help out people and like kind of see what they're going through like in my mind anyway it was like okay like you know man of the people essentially kind of thing Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean the quests were okay, and there were some areas that were kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I could have done without the open world stuff, though. Really, you think that drugged down the uh, overall feel for the title? I really do. Yeah, well, I think yeah. that that was its downfall. Um, you know, any traditional Final Fantasy game, even Final Fantasy One, which was like technically open world. Um, yeah. It had you know it managed to squeeze in a ton of good story, and you might say like, well, yeah, but think about what we were working with last, like you know, back in the day, what all could we do? But I don't think that's an excuse. I think that you could have maintained the same level of quality, but like still had like a, a polish on it, and like still have like like fucking like 2015 graphics or whatever it was at the time. I don't remember, but when it's 15 it, that old? It's pretty old. Um, I waited 10 years for that game to come out. So holy shit. Yeah, uh, I have a whole story about that, but I'm talk about it here. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just so that's a game that really fell because of the open world concept. And now I guess it's I I view it as kind of unplayable because it's been destroyed basically by DLC. Like a lot of the updates for that game have just made it worse. Um, I always tell anyone who's interested in it, I'm just like, hey, borrow my copy. I have the day one edition. Mm. Turn your internet off. Don't allow it to update and play the game. That is the version that's good. Um, really. The updated version is terrible. It adds a bunch of stuff that does not matter. <laughs> and I don't like shit that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It contradicts itself. It ruins the world feel. It, It's not good. It's a damn shame. 
and all that stuff came out after the lead of the team was just like i'm fucking done with this like do whatever you want because like he was being fought like every step of the way he'd be like well i want my my vision is this and they're like but it needs to be this um really yeah i mean the original concept of the game is much different than what we got but it's because they had to make changes and it couldn't be as vast as he wanted it to be and i i think it was pressure to make it open world and that's why a lot of stuff got cut out of it like i really think there's a conflict of interest with that just but all the stuff I hate about the game came out after he officially, like, there was a whole big thing about it where he's like, yeah, I'm stepping down. I'm down to Final Fantasy 15 as a project. Just got strong-armed, huh? Yeah. Boy, that fucking sucks. Yeah, so. Well. Now we're supposed to end this on a good note, but uh, <laughs> I feel like it's still kind of ended on a bad note. No, that's fine. Um, I... I don't think our criticism is ever like, you know, a giant middle finger to developers or anything like that. Um, I, I feel like it's more just a voice of like what I think would be better. And I don't think we're alone in that concept. So that is the hope. Um, and I want to say this too to anyone potentially listening. If your favorite game in the world is Skyrim or Breath of the Wild, like I'm not saying you're an idiot for liking it. It's no, not no. that at all. It, if that's your favorite game and you like it and it's always satisfied you, awesome. Hold on to that. Those feelings are rare. Don't let my opinion sour your experience. Yeah, no um, way. And if you're one of those people that agrees with me, like, I'd love to hear about it. Um, so if you're on YouTube, all of my links are down below for social media. If you're listening on Spotify or Anchor, uh, my Twitter is just still loading. Um, you can find us there. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear about your opinions, really. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, um, point out what you don't like, like what you do, where you do agree, where you don't agree. Um, it just gives us something... Uh, I just like to hear where you're at on it. Yeah. Basically. Absolutely. Well, I think that's everything for me. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm good. Cool. I'm gonna drink some water. My mouth is dry from rage. <laughs> <laughs> Copy that. Alright, I'll talk to you guys later. Alright. Bye. Bye.